welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 8, Beloved Infidel, in which Frasier and Niles think they have stumbled upon an affair that Martin had when they were young. Key, in this episode, Frasier and Niles end up seeing someone they know in a public place. In this case, it's Martin in a restaurant. I want to ask you, how do you react when you see someone you know when you're out and about? For example, if you saw an old school friend on the train, I'd probably hide, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, if I don't meet you in the place that I know you, I was just, it's a bit weird. Mm, you really like, feel a bit of a fish out of water. When I was when I was a kid, I'd see, like, if I saw, like, a teacher in the shop or something, I'd literally just leave the shop. <laughs> Would you do like, that if you saw them now, even though you're, a, yes, you're an adult with a job? De- and... Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't want to make I'm, the small talk. I'm the same. Like, I, I saw someone who I went to school with, um, there were years below us, um, Obviously, listeners, me and Key went to the same school. And I saw them on the train station the other day. And although I don't think they saw me, I clocked them. But I just did the classic, really focused on the book I was reading. And then when the train arrived, made sure I didn't get on the same carriage as they did. Uh, just oh, to avoid the small talk. And then I, I just thought, is that insanely antisocial of me? Or is it just me doing a bit of self-care and thinking, I can't be asked for this? I mean, what I have done is I've spoken to the people at the platform. And then they've got mm-hmm. on the train with me. And they've gone to sit sit down oh, where there's two the seats, and I've just carried on walking. <laughs> it's like I don't I, I, listen. It, it's different if you you were good friends in school and you got on really well. If we were just passing acquaintances, five minutes is probably the most small talk I can do. I don't want a twenty-five <laughs> minute pretend journey. that we're yeah. uh, we're best friends. Here. <laughs> that that idea of you walking off after they've made an effort to sit down is brutal and yeah. just deeply sad for whoever's whoever's involved wants to speak. I mean, it's worse in a way, isn't it? Because I'm not just not answering the door. I've opened the door and slammed it in their face again. <laughs> you really have. You really have. Okay, so I think that's a, as good a segue as Eddie to get us into Beloved Infidel. So it's time this week for Trivia Corner, as we lovingly named it last week. Um, you've prepared your questions, i prepared mine. And we have some more questions from our trivia man over at the subreddit for Frasier, my coffee with Niles. He sent three in for you. And he's actually said this week he's tried to make them slightly more difficult because you've yet to be stumped by any. Oh, God, so I'm excited don't... to read these out to you. How are you feeling? I mean, I wish he'd stuck with the easy ones. You don't... <laughs> Listeners, you do not need to make it harder. Let's be I absolutely clear. absolutely disagree with that. I think <laughs> they should be as hard as can possibly be. So we're gonna we're gonna kick things off. I'm looking at these now. I think there's a there's a mixture of difficulty. I think I think you might you might be okay. My coffee of Niles is still kind of sussing you out to see what kind of opponent he's got. Okay, you ready for question one? Okay then. Okay. The crane boys are surprised to find Martin in the restaurant because he's supposed to be somewhere else at that time. Where did they think he was going that night? Uh, wasn't he going to Dukes to meet with the boys? He was indeed going to Dukes. That is one nil again to you this oh. week from my coffee of Nars. If he's listening at home, he's already seething with rage, planning <laughs> next week's questions that are going to try and just destroy you mentally. Okay. I love he's got like a wall Question of two. papers. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In Cafe Nervosa with Frasier, Niles reveals that he's wearing oversized polka dot boxers and quick-release suspenders underneath his clothes for the support group he is hosting that night. What is the name of the support group? Okay, so this was actually... I considered putting this as one of my questions, actually. I think oh, it's no the, the Healing with Humour support group. Yeah. 
absolutely is, and a nice little side gag. Obviously, we'll get to that in the in the review, but that's nice. It is two nil to you. Let's see. I think this is the hardest of the three, oh, so okay, I'm then. hoping this might trick trick you up. Ooh. Revealed in a conversation between Fraser and Martin, what was Mister Lawler's profession? Oh, oh, okay, I know this. It's it's <sighs> it's like it's it sounds like a word that I think it always is, but it's not. It's a different word. Okay, I'm that's vague. Say... <laughs> no, I th- I always think it's gynecologist, but it's not. I think it's urologist. It is urologist, and he's oh. added brackets with a bad comb over, um, <laughs> just, as in the little the little thing Martin throws in. But yes, a urologist, which I believe is is that kind of the male equivalent of gynecology, or is it I is it kind of non gendered? I don't I mean, know. Let's in fact let's let me let me let me quickly look at what a u- urologist is. While Will is ruining his internet history, uh, <laughs> thank you so much to uh, is it my coffee with Niles uh, for it sending in questions. And if yeah, there's anyone um, else who wants to trip us up, feel free to do so. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at FraserPod. Um, we also post on the Fraser subreddit every week. Um, so you can find us on there as well. And I'm just looking on Wikipedia key, and it is yep. the focus on surgical and medical diseases of the male and female urinary tract system and the male reproductive organs. So there you when go. When you think that he can't get any sexier. We really couldn't. So we've I really gone into just goes to another level. This has just turned to a biology uh, biology lesson as well. But yeah. <laughs> okay, Key, are you ready to do the back and forth section of trivia corner where I me and you indeed, test yeah. each other? Okay, I will open if you don't mind. Yeah. Question one. Who is Martin watching the ball game with? Oh, he's he's making friends with the neighbours. Uh he is. I think I remember that. I think. I think. Is it? Is it something like Mr. Dorsey on? 8? Oh, it is Mr. Is Dorsey. Oh. There he is again. Unbelievable. You are. You're just untouchable, mate. With this yeah. trivia. Honestly, I've gone to the. I'm taking copious amounts of notes while watching. Just because <laughs> I don't want to get tripped up now. Um, I'm so standard that I know I can't keep. So. Oh, I don't know. I think you've got to. You kind of raised the bar now. If you drop the ball at any point this week, people are just going to riot. So. <laughs> Okay, so my first question. Hit me. Uh, what is the name of the lecture that Frail, uh, Fraser and Niles were going to see? Oh, man. I remember the Niles makes the good little gag about the Al Gore joke. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be three hours. He cut it down to a lean two and a half. He did. I... I, I was really paying attention during that scene, but I don't remember the title of the lecture, so I'm going to have to give up on that one. Uh, I think it's Right Brain, Left Brain Synergy. Oh, yes, that's the one. That's the one. I didn't know if that was kind of like a throwaway gag from Fraser just about what the lecture would be on or kind of he oh, was making a kind of reductive like oh this is just it's going to be some pop psychology lecture that's no interest to us but it could equally be the title so yeah you've got yeah. me there i've stolen it as a question anyway it may it could well be <laughs> more power to you okay where is the billboard for fraser's show oh god is there like a specific daphne, yeah daphne references it um when she says it's been vandalized oh i have I remember saying that he'd look good with a moustache and that he should mm-hmm. look after his teeth. And that I do not true. remember where it's, it's based. Oh, It is on 16th Street. I was nowhere near. I was going to just throw a random... I think I was going to guess like 45th Street just for the sake of... Well, you know, there you probably is one of those in Seattle, I'm sure. So it wouldn't have been a terrible guess. But yeah, it's on 16th Street. So oh, nowhere near. Okay, my second question. Uh, is, I think this one is a bit tough um, mm-hmm. because it's never said out loud. It's visual. Um, what is the name of the restaurant they go to? Oh, man, I know what you mean. Cause it's on the window in the booth, isn't it? On the menus. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it's quite a short word because I can imagine, I can see him holding the menu over his face and I feel like it's maybe like a four or five letter word. Um, yeah. Oh, 
I'm just going to guess like Vase. I don't know. V-A-Y-S, Vase. Oh, it is uh, Anya's. Anya's, damn. Yeah. Okay, I, was, I was pretty, yeah, I was right on the yeah. money that it was you're four in, letters. A, yeah, your, your thought process was bang on. I've not been attentive enough this episode. It's, I'm, I'm, that is, I've got nothing right here. You're currently on on one, though also a clean sweep of my coffee with Nars. Hopefully, I can catch you out with this third question. Who does Martin compare Daphne to after their exercises, and what is that a reference to? Okay, I think it's Nurse Ratchet. Yes, it is. And I think, is that one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh, there it is. is it? Clean oh. sweep, other than the 16th straight one. But yes, that is very good, Key. Well played. Um, are you a big fan of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I have, yeah. It's a classic. Absolute classic. Also parodied in The Simpsons, which we both love. Yeah, oh, it's done brilliantly in The Simpsons. Yeah, big, big fan. Big fan. Okay, I'm going to get to my third and final question then. Okay, uh, lay it on What then. is the name of the man that Frasier's mom had an affair with? <sighs> wow. I am trying to remember when this is mentioned, because I remember when Marion Lawler is speaking to... Um, Frasier, she says, you know, your mom was a good woman and so was my husband. She doesn't use his name then. So I'm yeah, trying she... to think when the name gets mentioned. So I'm assuming, again, I've, I've made a lot of assumptions in my question. <laughs> um, she starts crying at the end of that little, when she's speaking to Frasier again. And yeah. she says, I'm sorry, it's been so difficult since Blank died. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I'm assuming yeah. that Blank uh, is her husband. I am going to guess Frank. Uh, well, if it is her husband, it's Dan. Dan. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes sense. I think that is probably what she's referencing. Since, since Dan died. Wow. Did I get a single one of those questions right that you just asked me? I didn't, did I? I mean, you did in spirit. That I have <laughs> just absolutely gutterboard your uh, your trivia questions. Honestly, you 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 should you should go on mastermind or something as one of the question devices because these are these are top notch. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I want to start with a bugbear of mine that this episode immediately opens with, and you've probably picked up on it yourself. Frasier speaks practically fluent French, as does Niles. And yet the whole point of this joke where uh, Danielle has phoned in on KSEL is he cannot understand that she's saying the word monsieur in a French accent. Did this just immediately flag up to you as like, what the hell is going on? Genuinely, this this scene annoys me. Yeah. Just, it doesn't work for me. Like, I don't understand. Even if you don't speak French, you can work out what she's saying. I don't speak French. I understand what she's saying. Yeah, it's like, like monsieur is like, it, it, she literally means mister, I assume, and not yeah. her a masseuse. But no, like, it's just it's one husband. of the most common kind of pronouns in any language that isn't English. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Frasier, even if he didn't speak a jot of French like we do, um, that wasn't meant to be a pun on we. Um, <laughs> then yeah, he would he would know what that means. And to me, this is just absolutely insane. And the fact that he's already familiar with like Le Cigar Volant, Le Cigar Volant. as a restaurant, etc. He's we know he's already got a bit of French knowledge just from his kind of comfortability pronouncing that kind of word. This is just nuts to me. Yeah, Fraser, Fraser can definitely speak French. He's the sort of guy he likes to throw in little French phrases and things like that into casual conversation. He definitely, definitely knows the word Monsieur. Definitely. Yeah, he does. Yeah, like that's one of the running jokes of the show. Is like he he says like jejune in an episode with like um, Miss Honey or whatever her name is, uh, mm. Honey Snow. He says like soupçon all the time and, and and things like that. So yeah, I mean we know his French is completely like he's conversant with French way more than your average Joe. So kind of a nuts opening, but it's another KACL opening as we've had kind of across the board really as well as we've gone on. And we have Roz off on a date and Frasier basically slut shaming her again. I don't know what you kind of thought. 
about this particular interaction? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought she was going to say that she answered his ad again. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I thought that's where the scene was going. But mm. yeah, I mean, they do. They just he, she, he's quite harsh on the the men that Roz dates. Like she, he does mm. like take the mick out of her for it. Um, yeah, and, and and Niles does as well. Uh, he I mean, he repeatedly kind of slut shames Roz as well. And, and like we have kind of the classic gag as well with this bit where Niles comes in and he says, you know, what brings you here? And she, she makes the joke about, oh, you know, I thought I'd try and get one of those jobs. And he just says, good luck with that. I just think I, the, the kind of recurring gag in these early episodes that Niles doesn't know who she is, I think it's quite an effective one. It always gets a bit of a chuckle from me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's still at the stage where it's working well. And it get, it's still believable that he could not know who she is or has forgotten who she is. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely is. So, yeah, it, it works for me. Uh I just, do you reckon it's a, a class thing that Fraser's mocking the fact that Roz goes out with more working class sort of blokes? I mean, because he takes the, the mick in this episode, the fact that the guy is a taxi driver. Mm. And I, I definitely think it's a class thing, yeah, because we know him and Niles are kind of uppity and, and upper middle class and snooty and snobby and all the other synonyms. Um, and yeah, I just think that that is part of the way he he's he, he interacts with Roz. Obviously, their relationship mellows and, and deepens as the show goes on, and he gets over that a little bit. And it becomes a stick that he gets beaten with by Ross, you know, his kind of uppity nature. But yeah, I think it definitely is like the way Niles references how he's scraping. He's just in a guy with a ponytail scraping gum off the back of his seat, you know, but his back seats in his taxi and Fraser's like your chariot awaits. It's a really funny line. But yeah, I just I feel bad for Ross because this guy could be perfectly fine. And just Fraser and Niles are just riffing on him completely. Yeah, as we learned from last week, me and you, we know everything about relationship advice. So <laughs> we absolutely do. Yeah. Um, one thing I think we should get into now, because uh, what listeners don't know is every week, Will and I get off the air and we say we should have discussed the title of the episode and we forgot. Yes, we do. We do so, always forget to put that in. Uh, last week, of course, was Call Me Irresponsible, a Frank Sinatra song. Yes, uh, it is. This week, Beloved Infidel. Do you know uh, Do you know what it's from? Beloved Infidel. I don't know what this is a reference to. If I was going to guess something, it would be like a kind of a classic noir film, like a Bogart film or something, but I, you know, a bit like Double Indemnity, but I completely don't know. Um, okay, so I did not know either. I, I Googled it just before we came on air. Okay. Um, Beloved Infidel is a 1959 film starring Gregory Peck. It was oh. uh, It's based on the relationship of F. Scott Fitzgerald and Sheila Graham. Wow, okay. Gregory Peck, good guy. We watched, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird when we were in school. He we plays Atticus. Indeed. Okay, good good stuff. I like that. I, I don't know. Did we did we mention Here's Looking at You as well? I'm trying to think back to that episode, whether we I don't think we did. That, that I was a reference to. The only time we've discussed the name of the episode, I think, has been The Good Son. And then we discussed it. Oh, no, we, we did mention Dinner at Eight because... And I think we did Space uh, Quest as well, just because of the fact yeah. that he phrases the term quest. Um, oh, I hate yeah. Fraser Crane obviously gets used. Yeah, I think here's looking at you. I think we did talk about the fact that it's a reference, I think, to Casablanca when he says it at the end. Yeah, he's looking at you, um, so I think, yeah, I think he says it at yeah. the end of Casablanca, yeah. Bogart does to and, Bergman. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And just yeah. to complete though, the clean sweep, there is also the crucible which we also did not discuss oh my god we didn't and we, yeah i remember coming off the air thinking what is that a reference to because the crucible obviously yeah. arthur miller play I, about the yeah, salem witch I, that's, trials yeah that's yeah. my my the first thing that comes to head for me is is arthur miller but it doesn't really mm-hmm. fit in the episode really so it doesn't at all um i'm really 
I really don't get that one. Maybe there's a there's yeah. another crucible meaning out there that we haven't quite unearthed. That's all I can suggest. Um, so so we have the bit with Fraser and Niles um, kind of slut shaming Roz and, and taking the mick out of her a little bit, and then they talk about Niles' lectures being cancelled, and he he says how he's cut it down from three hours to two and a half, as you kind of mentioned with the the question earlier. And he opens with an Al Gore joke. I mean, I don't know how much you know about Al Gore. I mean, can you imagine what that joke could possibly be in reference to? Or I just can't imagine Niles cracking a joke about anyone, let alone Al Gore. All I really know about Al Gore is what I've seen of him being taken the mick out of on comedies. Mm. Uh, so Where else have you seen him being lampooned? I know The Simpsons and Futurama take the mick out of him quite a bit. Oh yeah, Futurama loves um, to bear bite a politician. I think, uh, I think uh, South Park as well uh, mm. in the earlier years took the mick out of Al Gore quite a bit. I mean, I think he was very big on on climate change and the environment. I think that was his big platform. That was his thing. Yeah, I, um, I remember. I won't name him for privacy reasons, but a friend, a mutual friend of ours, used to wear a Clinton Gore election T-shirt in college when we were in sixth form. So oh, that's what I associate Gore with now. Just obviously running mate of uh, vice president to Clinton, but all I see is him on the t- on the on the chest of a of a mutual friend. Whenever I think about it, I'm right in thinking. I I have a feeling that when Al Gore ran for president himself, mm. he did what I think Hillary Clinton did in the last election, in that he won the popular vote but lost because of the electoral college. Really? Who was he running against? One of the I'm, Bushes? I I think so. I think it might have been a. Uh, Bush Jr. Yeah, Bush George W. Bush. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was after Clinton. Yeah, sense. I think what, about um, the 2000 election, something like that. Okay, so after we have this lecture's been cancelled, we have a bit of a repartee between the two of them in the KSEL booth. It then moves to the, the restaurant that we've talked about, uh, Anya's, Anya's, as, you've, as we've uh, established, where really the kind of meaty hook of the episode's plot starts to unfold. I just, I didn't notice, I didn't note down the full name of it, but Frasier's cocktail is like called a fuzzy, fuzzy navel something. Oh, I, yeah. don't know, I can't remember what he orders, but. Fuzzy navel blended nice and frothy. <laughs> You've got him ordering that and then Niles agonizing over going and buying some lavender soap so that his car won't get towed. And it's just, we have more of that kind of them being effeminate and camp and that being just a gag in itself which I thought was nice. Yeah, and it's, it's the nice way as well. Frasier takes the mick out of him for lavender soap. He's, you know, you're a man, you look ridiculous. Mm. What do you want? Other fuzzy navel? Uh, yeah, it, exactly. We, we know that he uses like Tahitian vanilla and all sorts in his uh, in his proprietary blend of bath soap. So I just think, yeah, I just through these, they're not inconsistencies, but fra- more just kind of Frasier being hypocritical that he takes these little stabs at Niall being feminine, effeminate when he's probably like the most effeminate character in the show, more so than Daphne. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think in this first bit of this scene, do you think it's choreographed too much that Niles's car is going to get towed? Oh, I see what you mean. Like the way they're going on about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they... so that it, it, it has to happen. Yeah, I, I think they go to that jo- that joke maybe two or three times in the opening bit of this scene, and I don't know if it just becomes a bit too obvious that that's what's going to happen. Would it be better just to have it as one joke move on oh and then his car gets towed and does that link uh, yeah I, I think i think you're right i think yeah i when i watched this back this scene back recently for the for this episode i forgot that it actually does get towed so when they're kind of making constant reference to it he's looking out the window and uh, yeah it was uh, that's funny but i know what you mean there's there's a few it leans on it a lot and then by the time it does get towed i was like well that was kind of telegraphed about five minutes ago so i'm not that surprised but i think the kind of the general choreography of this scene 
uh, to borrow your word there, is kind of is is really good because you have them hiding behind the menus and you have Niles looking over and obviously Fraser's view is blocked and the fact they're just sitting in that little corner booth. It's it's kind of a set design that I don't really think we see loads of again. I can't remember a, another. Sh- episode where they're sitting in a booth like that in a corner where it's kind of side art just yeah i just think it's quite a quite a nice little change of scenery this restaurant and the fact that fraser and nars brothers are out together is, is quite nice yeah i really like it actually i like the fact that both i don't know why i like it but i really like the fact that fraser and niles and their dad have all decided to go to the same place without discussing it with one another <laughs> yeah i you just know. what are the chances of that as well in seattle how many restaurants there must be that Martin would go to one that Fraser and Niles go to. And then, I mean, you have a, a fantastic joke because Niall, when Niles says, I don't like this one bit, dad's eating here. It can't be a very good restaurant, which is yeah. a it's great line. But just, yeah, I mean, what are the odds that they would all arrive at the same place? Now, what I also love about this scene as well, I absolutely, I love the the physical comedy really between Niles and Fraser when they're looking behind the menus and him telling him, don't look, don't look now. No, no, not now. Like, <laughs> I just, I think it's done really, really well. And it's done in a way that you could understand the, Mar- I mean, you, you you can buy Martin not seeing them and Martin not knowing they're there. But you can also yeah. completely buy into them being scared they're going to be seen. And that if they get seen, it's Martin is going to assume that he, they followed him or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the fact that it's kind of preempted by the title card, not the title card. Well, yeah, one of the title cards, which is not now, dot, 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 now, before the scene starts. So, yeah, like we have the, the title card as punchline in, in various other episodes, it, it preempts that whole kind of visual comedy, physical comedy. It's just, yeah, I think it, it's really simple, but works really well, especially when they have to hide behind them when Marion Lawler goes past, which I think is probably unnecessary considering she probably wouldn't recognize them although she does recognize fraser later in the episodes i'm not not too sure about that i don't think i'd recognize most people after I mean, what it's got to be 30 years or so it's a least. long time yeah they mentioned it was yeah. a summer and niles was nine last time she saw them yes i mean how, how old do we think he niles is in this episode probably about 35 or something yeah, i was gonna say mid 30s yeah yeah kind of mid to late 30s I love the Americanism uh, which I, th- th- that's used in this when they're describing like the summer at the lake that they had. Um, this is that's kind of used in so many different American media, TV show, films. That the the lake in inverted commas in when kind of used in American parlance when they're talking about holidays is that it's like this very metaphorical place where they don't have to geographically specify where oh it was at such and such lake it was just when they say oh do you remember that holiday at the lake they immediately know where they're referencing whereas we don't we don't really have that in this country do we we don't go to like weymouth in like you know (laughs) when we're kids and then go oh do you remember that holiday at the beach you know what we mean like we always say where we went there's always the seaside town and i just think yeah that that that, the idea of the lake is really recurrent in american kind of holiday culture yeah i think just as an outsider and you'll know a lot more about this but it always feels like the lake is a state of mind or a concept or something yeah yeah it always feels like it's just yeah it's this almost like this one place everyone goes to but obviously that's impossible but yeah it's kind of the lake is just a place presumably where it's quite rusty a bit like center parks in this country i think that's what i imagine when i think of the lake i, I like the fact that I, just, I really like the dialogue between fraser and niles judging martin's dating ability just that she's yeah yeah like who are it. they to do that <laughs> yeah like the fact he's holding her hand and then she starts crying and just yeah i just 
it is a nice kind of the generational haplessness that they have in in dating is kind of touched on there which is really nice we have after this scene after the restaurant fraser going back to the uh, to his apartment and the nice little interaction between daphne and eddie where she tells eddie off for kind of throwing himself around like a hooligan on the sofa and then you have like Fraser awkwardly petting him, which I think other than the end of last week's episode where they're sitting on the Eames chair, it's really the only time I can think of so far that he's actually shown any kind of warmth towards Eddie. Yeah, I think it's a show, something that the two of them are starting to, I don't know if become friends is the right term, but they are learning to live with one another. Yeah, and I think in many ways the scene we saw in the last week's episode where they're they're kind of lovingly put together on the eames chair should should follow this kind of scene because the way he awkwardly pets him in this episode it's almost like he's kind of took a step back it's like a retrograde relationship i don't know it's yeah they need to flip them around i think and we still, but we still get his like nice little moment where Eddie's kind of outsmarted him in a way. Yeah. You know, you've started to pay attention, you start to follow my rules, and and we know that he clearly was not. It's a, it's a bit like the whole Chekhov's gun, isn't it? It's the idea that we know he's probably going to get caught doing it later in the episode, which he does. Which I think just is a nice, a nice visual gag yet again. Um, we have at this point Niles coming to the apartment with his boyhood journals after twigging that something was uh something happened that summer at the lake between the woman who we saw Martin with at the restaurant, who we should say at this point is Marion Lawler, used to be an old friend of Martin Hester's. And Niles has kind of gone into Hardy Boys mode, thinking, I'm gonna solve this case. I've got my journals, which I just think is is such a ripe writer's kind of vehicle for jokes here. Give Niles boyhood journals. I was just as soon as this scene comes on and he gets these out, I just think what a fantastic kind of blank slate for them to write some good jokes. And I think it's responsible for what I would say is my favourite line from the episode, which is when Frasier reads Niles' entry. Though summer at the lake seems but a vapid, vacuous experience, it is a necessary tonic for my troubled youth. Niles, how old were you when you wrote this? Almost nine. I mean, how did you kind of respond to that? I'm going to be honest with you, Will. You've just stolen my favourite line of the episode. No, you're joking. I absolutely love this bit with with Niles' journey. I think it's just, it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. I I love love him reading it out. I I, I also love the fact that Niles is so critical of his own writing when he was nine years (laughs) old. By 10, my writing was much, much better. Um, It's just, yeah, it's fantastically on point for him. And I just think they could have done way more with this. Like, I would have loved to hear a a few more similar gags about entries Niles had made where he's overwriting or um, he just shows that he's kind of old beyond his years. But... Yeah, I just think it's such a fantastic moment. And Frasier's delivery is, is particularly brilliant, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, to be honest with you, I could watch a lot more young Frasier and Niles as children or references to them being children throughout the show generally. you know, I, I really could as well, yeah. You know, I, love, I, I even love the little bits between them when they're referring to lessons they got taught when they were younger, things like that. Like, There's a great line, I don't know which episode it's from, but where Niles goes, oh, well, remember what Mother always said, a handshake is as good as a hug you know, yes i think that's this like, season actually just these little like callbacks to when their kids and their upbringing they had i just it works so so well because you can just picture them being these pomp these like 40 year old men in a 
eight-year-old's body. And it just, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I Nothing but plaudits. I love this scene. Yeah, I, I, think, I actually think that quote you just said is from an episode. Is it one we've already reviewed? I have a feeling it, it could is. Well be. That might be why it's fresh in my yeah. mind. Yeah, I feel like it's quite an early thing between them because it's it's quite cold, even though they're not like really close. They're close, but they're not like affectionate. And I, I mean, think, it, yeah, that's so it. cold. I, I think yeah. it could possibly be the first episode. It might be the, the pilot. It very much could be, yeah. Um, but no, I completely agree on on Fraser Fan Club, the, the the Facebook page that kind of I shout out every week because it's just really funny and really good. They were talking about, um, they had like a picture up of the, the two actors that play young Niles and young Frasier. In, I'm thinking yeah. of the uh, the scene where they lose the episode where they lose the skull and kind of other ones and it shows them back at prep school and yeah I just think I, I don't know how it would have worked whether you could have had like a like a joke episode dedicated to, to, to that or an episode kind of spliced with loads of flashbacks which I think would have been quite novel and quite cool but I'm, I'm yeah. so with you I just think seeing Niles in particular at such a young age would be just perfect for a, for a writer because he's just nuts. I mean, even something like maybe like a, a therapy episode where they've both been told, tell me about your childhood or something like that. That's really good because they do use the, the therapy and kind of when they're having massages yeah. in two separate episodes as a kind of, yeah, as a vehicle to, to flip back and forth and to, to mess with the chronology. So that definitely could have been something they did. And I think it would have been really funny. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I, I wonder, if you're going to have young actors involved as well, you'd have to, I think, cast it perfectly. Yeah. Um, and I think those two they pick in, in those flashbacks that I mentioned, they do a really good job. And I think, yeah. you know, yeah. they could they could definitely be used. I can imagine the guy they get playing for Niles reading out that line. You know, he, he, he has a line like, it is the hardest role since Hamlet or no I could write an expose on their baked goods alone like he, he has that kind of range and ability to really to make a, a line like that sing I think we have as well during this moment Niles referencing the National Geographics that he used to read under the covers and kind of, when he says I was looking at the maps and then Fraser says that's what makes it so scary I think that's a fantastic line as well it's probably I mean it happens right after the or, or just before maybe the uh, troubled youth section but so many good lines in such a short amount of time, all because of Nars's boyhood journals. Yeah, I, th- I think this scene is the episode really starts to come to life, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. I think that Niles, he just, he runs with this scene, he makes it so perfect. We've, again, I, I just love this scene, to be honest with you. I just, I love, you know, young Niles, what he's like, and just, I, just the way they do it, just, it works so, so well for me. Yeah, and we have Niles smelling Daphne's hair again, and we did kind of talk about, <laughs> it's hard coming back to these episodes, and Niles is kind of cute, affectionate you know infatuation also being slightly creepy at times it's so deliberate and so over this this hair smell that he does in this in this particular scene and i just yeah it's it's uncomfortable i think as well as being funny in kind of rewatch mode i don't know, I don't know if you respond like that as well yeah i, th- I think it, it's been a bit weird actually watching it back i always sort of remembered it being cute rather than creepy I, all i really remember is him saying things like oh, oh you're daphne i, I forget yeah. the, the hair sniffing and, and the bits yeah like i i had really repressed the hair sniffing so it's kind of yeah i would be on the lookout for when that happens again um been, there's a few references to it like when donny no is it donny or someone uh, is referencing what her hair smells like yeah is it, is it not from mixed doubles is it or is it donny where he says oh it smells of cherry cherry bark and almonds or something where frederick says what her hair smells like and yeah, niall calls so, him up yeah. on it immediately i think yes 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 so I think because there's that there, that's a great episode where 
where Fre- Freddy's not playing on the jealousy of Nas. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, it will kind of be on the lookout for that happening a little bit more, I think, and and being wary when it does. We have another really good quote when they talk about like, hypothetically asking Martin, and Fraser says, "Good evening, Father. By the way, did you barf one of the neighbors while we were roasting marshmallows?" <laughs> That's not a word I hear enough of in my life. Boff. It's not. I, I have never. I associate that word with two things, and you're going to know what one of them is immediately. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of them is obviously just passing wind in the UK. It's kind of if you boff or you guff or whatever. But the other is Johnny English's sidekick, <laughs> Boff, which I'm fairly certain we have watched Johnny English together at some point when oh, we, we have. were children. We, I can't remember. I, I have vivid memories of the two of us on a, like an MP3 player listening to A Man for All Seasons by Robbie Williams. Yes, I can still sing all the words to that song. I'll um, tell you what, fantastic it's a great... theme tune. It's a brilliant theme. It's a brilliant song. Like for anyone who's not listened to it, even if you one watch the film, it's the first film is great. I'll, the it second really is uh, not so much, but the first film amazing and the soundtrack phenomenal. Yeah, and like Ben Miller from Armstrong and Miller, you most of you will be familiar with, I think, in some regard if you watch like British comedy. But yeah, his performance as Boff is uh, oh. is fantastic. He's uh, he's yeah. really good. But um, one thing I've jotted down for this episode, which I've spoken about in previous ones as well, is that Martin's voice is particularly gruff in this episode. You know what? We said it mellows a lot as the series goes on. Yeah. Did you notice that kind of watching this one back? Yeah, I think so. I wonder if it's a, uh, it's a it's been a choice by John Mahoney, given the nature of the episodes and, and the fact that he is sort of... Martin is a character. He's, I think sort of, he's playing a part a little bit with his own kids, pretending that he was sort of the bad guy. Um, mm. and things like that. So I wonder if he's made the choice to be a bit gruffer because he's sort of falling on his own sword a little bit for the most of this episode. I think that's a good point. Yeah, maybe he's he's amping up the macho a little bit because he wants to be seen as the typical husband who kind of, yeah, the adulterous husband. And I think I think obviously that's the, we can talk a little bit about the plot twist in, in, in for want of a better term. Uh, a little bit later but yeah i think i think you're right i think maybe actually he is gruffer in this episode because he's he's playing up to that cantankerous kind of persona he's given himself he's he's doing a really really good thing even if it's like he goes about it in a slightly kind of hostile antagonistic way the whole point of him kind of taking the blame for hester is i think really moving yeah i think it just shows how much he is in love with her even mm. after all these years after everything he still wants to protect her you know yeah. I, I don't i mean i know he says that you know you have you still see your mother in this great way whereas you don't really see me in that way i don't i really don't think he is trying to protect fraser and Niles at this stage i think he's trying to protect the memory of the woman he loves he um, absolutely is yeah i think that's really well put and it's just it's absolutely beautiful and to be honest with you i was surprised watching back on this how little martin is in most of this this episode yeah, because it's a good point actually because it's all about him really and well yeah. him and his kind of taking the blame but yeah he's he's not in it at all it, off stage but I, he's just he's so com- i think john mahoney in that final scene is so commanding that it just it feels like he's been in it a lot more than he has yeah do you mean like the kind of interaction he has with fraser yeah because i think that's what really sticks in your mind it, uh, you yeah. know in this episode if you had to ask me what this episode is about i would tell you journal beautiful john mahoney speech and yeah be... how many of those does he have 
have. I mean, we, we've talked about kind of one to come many years away from from now in kind of late season. But yeah, just I, I, it's really moving this this interaction he has. He says, "I loved your mother," and and Fraser says, "So did I." And Fraser's voice cracks, and he's kind of on the verge of tears. I think it's probably the most emotional moment of the show so far. I mean, this episode is really a deep, deep episode. It's all, I mean, I mean, just think about it. I mean, his wife's had an affair. He's not only forgiven her, he's willing to damage his own reputation in the eyes of his children, which is really all he has left just yeah. to protect her memory. Like, and he doesn't think twice about it. There's no, there's no resentment there about having to do it. He just does it because of his love for Hester. And it, it is really beautiful. It's just the way that John Mahoney as a character can, well, as, a, as an actor playing this character, can go from being very gruff and you know being this sort of coming across as a man's man and then mm. immediately you just see this other layer to him where at the end it's just, it's it's a fantastic job and it's something that i think it, with a lesser actor i think it could come across as a bit like well i'm getting whiplash from this character what he's what's he on <laughs> yeah but with with john mahoney he just he does it so brilliantly and it, it's always believable it's so true it's, it's such a fantastic performance and i, I love that what he says to frazier when he kind of says you know are you going to say the same to freddie when he gets older because obviously frazier we have a good revelation from frazier at this point that lilith cheated on him i can't quite remember his profession oh uh was do, he do you remember what he is French and he lived in an underground box in like yes an underground uh, eco pod he's yeah. a Frenchman in an underground eco pod so yeah kind of even more outlandish than the than the plot of this episode but yeah like for him to say that and I start to think you know if, when I have children if that happened to me would I want to tell them obviously obviously not and I just think yeah what Martin does in this episode he deals with a lot and to kind of go back to what you said about it being a deep episode as well I think this episode balances like perfectly the deep kind of gravitas that the show can have with dealing with like emotional themes, but also it's, it's not light on laughs at all. There's some really funny jokes and lines and moments in this. And obviously we talked about last week, call me irresponsible, which was probably more on the dramatic side of things than it was with the laughs. And I just think this episode strikes that balance and kind of redresses the balance um, following on from an episode like that. I think I mean, it's so, I mean, I'm very well aware that we're sort of jumping maybe to a later scene here when we're talking about the Martin and, and Frasier dynamic. But as you mm-hmm. said, there's uh, obviously that bit where he, he Frasier sort of admits that Lilith had an affair. Yeah. And it's, it's a very emotional moment. And again, you get the concept, the, the line about, you know, are you going to tell Frederick? But then at the same time, Martin's taking the mick out of it because, you know, how would someone else want to sleep with Lilith? Yeah, I love the way he kind of spins that on its head and makes a joke out of that because Lilith, I mean, in some episodes, like the episode where Lilith and Niles sleep together, Lilith is very attractive. And I just think they obviously like pale her up for the for the character. But, you know, I can't remember what her name is in real life. I think it might be BB Newworth or something like that. You know, she you know, she's very attractive and probably doesn't, doesn't get her due in the show because of the way they've characterized Lilith. But yeah, I think yeah, that's a, it's a really, it's a really funny joke that he spins that on its head. Yeah. I think in the show, a lot of the time she comes, she has her hair very, very tightly scraped back, mm. very pale and comes across very strict and cold. Um, yeah. And, yeah. The, the references that, to cold yeah. kind of permeate everything about her character. Yeah. Yeah. But I quite like Lilith actually. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I like Lilith. I think, I mean, having we've talked about our limited knowledge of Cheers, I've watched like six seasons and kind of gave up a little bit. She wasn't in it 
much if at all um maybe she was in like i don't know 10 episodes or so of what i saw maybe i just retconned that from my brain she's in a lot more but i felt like they didn't do much with her in the show in the many ways they didn't do much with frazier either um for what i saw and because we've obviously been spoiled watching frazier first so yeah i just think i think she's a really good character and i like the fact they they do bring her back for multiple episodes because every episode lilith is in in this show i like like i can't think of a single episode she's in that is a bad one which I think is testament to her as well as to the writing. Yeah, and I, I think she's... I mean, I'm, I say, I'm not sure of who plays her, but she's a very good actress. Mm. Um, and just, I love the dynamic between her and Frasier. I think it opens up doors to do episodes that you wouldn't necessarily ordinarily be able to do. Yeah. Because we don't really have that many people that Frasier sort of has this love-hate relationship with. Um, I know they, they kind of try it in a way with, is it Diane, is it? Um, yeah, Diane and Diane and Fraser and Diane and Sam. and Yeah, yeah. Um, so they try that a little bit because I think she left him at the altar. Mm, that's right, uh, yeah. And, and you have the episode where she comes back and does her play and, and Fraser ends up forgiving her and, and they move on and things like that. Yeah. Um, but there's not that many real characters where they can do that because Fraser, we throughout the run of the show, the women he meets tend to be very short-term and we don't really tend to see them sticking around. Um, yeah, there, there's some episodes where he basically, it feels like he's met the perfect woman and then they've disappeared the next episode um, and just, or somewhere seasons separate them kind of coming back. I, I, I think Faye is kind of in season five or six then yeah, she comes back in, a little bit later i think is she the one who was in the brilliant uh christmas episode uh, yeah so she's in merry christmas mrs moskowitz, moskowitz. And, yeah. then, and then obviously she comes back in later when he has the whole cassandra Fay debacle which is i think really a really good kind of set of episodes but yeah no i completely completely get that i just one thing i should say is we've kind of moved toward the end and we did say you know we've, we've skipped a little bit there's not yeah. too much more to the episodes that we that we missed out essentially um for those who aren't fully familiar with the plot they discover that Martin has been lying to, to protect Hester and, and the children and that Hester was the one that had the affair with Marion Lawler's husband, Dan. Niles and Fraser kind of go to Cafe Nervosa um, to kind of lick their wounds. I should say at this point, the coffee count for this episode is... They, uh, they have Frasier has one coffee in Nervosa. There's one on the table when Niles joins him, but I think it's just been left as kind of whoever was there previously. So that brings the total coffees from from episode eight. Obviously, we're at episode eight. They've had thirteen coffees in Nervosa at this point. The uh, the five main cast. So the one, the two things I would point in about this scene about Cafe Nervosa. One. Mm. They are sat by the books. Is this the first time I think we see them by the books? I think it might be. And I love that you said that because that is a kind of observation I love. Um, I, I, I feel like I've seen it in a previous episode but I, I think maybe i've i've watched another episode since there maybe a caught a rerun on a rerun on tv that's later i, I feel like it is the first time i, I feel like get... he speaks to ross there at some point but i think i might be making it up oh that you could be right i don't know um, I, I i love that seat anyway by the bookshelves i do i really like the dialogue as well with a random bloke who's just, <laughs> just to stop and, and listen in yeah, it's just um, so awkward. He's like he's on top of them practically. And I, well, I love as well that Fraser calls him out on it because if that was me, I'd just stop talking until he left. Yeah, like, I would be like, so annoyed. I would be yeah. like, yeah, get out of there. Have you got? Have you heard enough yet? <laughs> but no, absolutely love that bit. And the second thing I was going to say about Cafe Nervosa is that I really like the fact that that they do explore that Fraser kind of feels angry about what his dad has allegedly done. Mm. On behalf of his mom, because at this stage he still thinks that that uh, Martin is the one who's had an affair, and yeah, yeah, 
And I, it, I just think it's really interesting that Niles is the one who just says, well, you know, she forgave him. You should be able to as well. Whereas Frazier sort of examines his whole relationship with his dad on the basis of what Martin, he thinks Martin has done. And on the fact that he always respects Martin's integrity. Uh, and I think mm. it's just a really, I think it's an interesting scene, actually. I think it's a really nice scene to have thrown in just to explore. You know, I think so often when you have a scene about adultery having an affair, people consider it just from the, the perspective of the couple. I think it's really interesting that they, they've shown how Fraser as the son has reacted, even after all this time, and how he feels about it. Yeah, I think I, I think it's very it's very um, sensitively dealt with, and Frazier's kind of trying to rack his brains and deal with this and process it all. Obviously, Niles is with him as well, and I like the fact they have each other as kind of a support network in this in this kind of scene in this episode. But yeah, no, it's I think the whole trying to come to terms with something like this is would be extremely difficult and you know traumatic for many people. Frazier and Niles are very sensitive, so it is traumatic for them. Um, and I think it's just dealt with really well. But saying that, kind of evidence of how well this episode balances the dramatic with the, you know, the comedic. When Frazier says, "Doesn't it bother you that your father cheated on my mother?" <laughs> I think that is absolutely genius writing. Like just the, the way he, how quick that is, and how he thinks to just kind of yeah, just the fact they're brothers is is just makes it hilarious. Just the way it's worded, just by changing like the pronouns, the you know the determiners, whatever that term is for your and my. I just it's fantastic. I I tell I use that all the time. I've ripped this off so many times. Whenever like if my brother screws up or does anything wrong, I will say to my mum, "That is your son. That is okay." <laughs> it's just, yeah, it works so well on so many different levels, and I just think, yeah, it's a kind of exactly like that. It's a joke that you can kind of open up and and use kind of in in your own kind of life. But yeah, I think. I think we've essentially, obviously, we talked about the the latest, the last scene between Martin and Fraser a little bit earlier, but I'm trying to think of anything we haven't covered because we've we've essentially reached the the kind of conclusion of the episode in which they come to terms with the fact that Fraser's mom and Nars's mom and, and Martin's wife Hester, you know, she she obviously had her flaws, but her and Martin were deeply in love, and they managed to kind of get over it, and it's it doesn't tarnish, fortunately, Fraser and Nars's memories of her. And Hester is quite an interesting presence throughout the series. And obviously some episodes she's referenced a lot more, like Mama Mia, where Fraser goes out with Mia, who looks a lot like her. I think this episode is good in that it doesn't kind of ruin what we think of a Hester as, because although she's completely immaterial, she's not an actual character, I think it's important for their backstory that she isn't kind of thrown under the bus like eight episodes into like a 230 something episode series. Yeah. And I think actually, I think it's very sweet as well. The way Martin takes great pains to defend her, you know, mm-hmm. the way he says that I wasn't great to live with. She had every justification to go and do what she did. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really powerful that bit. Cause he does say, you know, I wasn't, yeah, he had his own issues. He had his own kind of yeah. skeletons and- in, in the crane family closet. Well, I think I think as well, he's, he's speaking in that scene. I think he's speaking to Frasier, but I think he's speaking to the audience as well mm. to make clear, you know, this woman, she's not a bad woman. You know, there's more you don't know. She's all right. You know, and I think that's a it's a recurring thing throughout Frasier that none of these characters are perfect. They all will make mistakes. And mistakes yeah, because they're, they're human, aren't they, at the end of the day? Yeah, and I think they're all mistakes. If you wrote down it on paper and, you know, Niall slept with Frasier's ex-wife, you know, things like that if you wrote them down on paper they do not look good people but the, the way the show confronts in the way the show portrays it is actually done in a way that's very sensitive and, and and that you can 
understand the characters. Very true, very true. And I think very uh very nicely summarized there, Kay. I think that kind of brings us to a uh to a kind of natural finish for this episode. But yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. So unless you've if unless you've got anything to add, we can kind of wrap this this episode up. Is there anything you haven't kind of ticked off your list? Uh, well, I think I've said everything I was oh, what I will say two couple of things. Uh one is this episode in your top 10. Mm. Sorry, I was having a cup of tea when you asked me that. Um, <laughs> is this episode in my top 10? It's not in my top 10. Is it in yours? It is not in my top 10, no. No, I'm just, I'm looking at the, the lists now. I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, we are quite a few weeks away before we get to my first one. Yeah, I, I will think... give something away. It is in this season. <laughs> I, let me just check now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of my... <laughs> I still, I still think I'm not 100% that. decided, to be honest with you, but there's definitely a very, very strong shout for a top 10 in this season. Really? Um, okay, interesting. I can I can confirm that two of my top 10 are in season one. Well, I, I, I think a lot of... I, I think se- season two for me is a really strong season. Two is good. Season yeah. four got a lot of plaudits on a recent poll that was conducted on uh, Fraser Fan Club over on Facebook. Um, Ooh, yeah, season four got some, some big numbers. I'm and, looking through uh, now. And... Actually, season five has got some really good ones on. I think I think my favourite seasons are probably season five and seven. Season seven's got a, f- a couple of fa- favourites for me. Oh. So yeah, some good stuff to look forward to there. But next week, we will be looking at uh, season one, episode nine, selling out. I believe this is the one where Frasier doesn't want to do. Is this where he gets BB for the first time? Is this, I think. Is this the one where Emery's nuts are doing an advert? Um, I think it is. Yes, he, yeah. yeah. And he, this is the first episode like with with BB as his as his agent, um, a fantastic yeah. character, which uh, I'm really looking forward to to seeing her. It's the end of the episode, which means it's time for the classic "Whose crane is it anyway?" Where I ask you an obscure line from the show. And you have to tell me who said it. This week, it is just three words. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Who said those words? So just to check, it's okay. So it, it could be one of the main four. It could be anyone who features in this episode. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I am such a cr- Oh, okay. Is it man. possibly? Is it Frasier? Okay. And... I want to say, is it when the guy is is listening in on their conversation and he's offering them offers him a seat to sit down? Oh, I'm sorry, please sit down. That is an excellent guess because it would is... be completely kind of logical. But it's actually Marion Lawler says it when Fraser tells her that that was the first time they'd learned about what happened that summer, and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry." Oh, wow! So an extremely difficult one this week. <laughs> um, but you took, as always, a very elegant stab at it. But yeah, that brings us to the end of of episode eight beloved infidel next week we'll be looking at season one episode nine selling out which was as we've said involves bb glazer and fraser dressing up as a peanut but other than that i've been will i've been key and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs mercy and maybe i seem a bit confused well maybe but i got you pegged But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps.